from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town in place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not say to you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to your feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Please be seated as we pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. Well, we are in week three of our stewardship season because it matters, because Ashland Place matters. And we've been focused on four main things throughout this season. First was faith, then understanding, today sacrifice, and next week presence. Each of these things matter deeply as we mature in our relationship with God and as we grow as a congregation. Two weeks ago, we talked about children and how they develop their faith. Faith is developed over time through learning about God and about our Christian story. The children's ministry here does an incredible job laying that foundation, that groundwork, so that children can claim that faith as their own one day. Our prayer is that as children go, they will come to know and trust in God and the church as a trustworthy and firm foundation here. And then last week, we talked about youth and the way that the youth in this congregation are growing in their faith. Because when a child becomes a youth, there comes deeper understanding and a lot more questions about what we believe, why we believe it, and what it actually means. These questions don't end when you graduate from high school, because I think it's good good that we're always trying to understand more deeply what it means to be a Christian and to follow Christ. And so this week, we are talking about missions and sacrifice. And as you've already heard from two of our speakers, and we'll hear from one more later, sacrificing time, energy, and resources for the sake of missions is life-changing. And as Christians, we are called to be a part of this mission in the world. I've recently been reading a book by Robert Schnazy. He's a United Methodist bishop in the Rio, Texas Conference, and he wrote a book called The Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations. And in it, he talks about five things that can help your congregation not only survive, but thrive. One of those practices is risk-taking missions and service. So exactly what we're talking about today. 
He says, nothing is more central to faith identity and to the church's mission than transforming the lives and conditions of people by offering oneself in God's name. And this is true. Nearly every page of scripture is filled with people serving God through serving others. And this was definitely Jesus's main message is that when you love your neighbor, you are loving God. Jesus demonstrated this posture of love through a life of sacrifice and service. As our scripture read last week, Jesus even washed the disciples' feet to show that he was there to serve them rather than to be served. And as we grow into mature followers of Christ, it is only natural that we will begin to look more like Jesus. People who serve and sacrifice for others out of the deep well of love that we have been given. You know, growing up, I thought that missions was only something you did in other countries. My home church financially supported two missionaries, one in Africa and one in Ecuador, and they would come to our church usually about once a year and kind of give a report about what was happening there. And they would explain these amazing things that God was doing in their countries and their um, spirit-filled worship services. And so I just concluded from this that mission trips outside of the United States must be the best way to serve God. But then when I was in high school, I went on my first mission trip. And I have to say I was disappointed that it was not outside of the United States, but it was to Tennessee. We attended a mission camp called SOS, Service Over Self, where we did home repairs in low-income neighborhoods in Memphis. During this week of missions, I saw more poverty than I could have ever expected. And I have to say, going into this trip, I thought I might be disappointed because, again, I thought that God was only out there, outside of the country. So this was very eye-opening to me as I felt such a deep connection to God and to the Christians who were on this trip with me as we served in Memphis. The whole trip changed my perspective on missions and broadened my understanding of the realities in which people live. What I was slowly learning is that God works through missions and service projects everywhere. Missions are not just things that happen out there in other countries or in other states, because there's not one place in the entire universe that God has not been long before us and that God will not continue to be long after us. When we participate in missions and sacrifice our time and energy, we are being vessels for God's good work that is already happening. And that includes missions even in our local community. I'm so grateful for organizations like the Joseph Project here that started from this congregation that show us how we can be involved in missions and service here in Mobile. I love the variety within missions and service projects. There are international trips, such as going to Honduras with Orphanage Emmanuel. There is local involvement with the Joseph Project. You can give financially to these things to support them. But I wonder how different our lives would look if we shifted our mindset on missions just a little bit. What if we saw every situation as a chance for service and sacrifice rather than just the allotted missions and service time each year or each week if you're deeply involved in a mission opportunity here in Mobile? Because the mission and service we've been called to is not something we can compartmentalize. 
into checking off our service hours for school or getting done the one thing for the year so we feel like we've done our part. Again, going on these mission trips are wonderful and invaluable and everyone should go. And God has called us to be involved in missions and service everywhere we go and with everyone we encounter. Our text this morning from Philippians, Philippians is one of my absolute favorites because it has a way of centering me and reminding me of what my life in Christ is supposed to look like. The main bulk, verses 6 through 11, are actually an ancient hymn that Paul inserted into this text because he was talking to the church in Philippi through a letter. And he was explaining to them that through Christ, they have a new identity, a new reality. And so he inserted this hymn into this scripture to say, you already know this hymn, just think about this song. And so these are the words that Paul says at the beginning of this. Let the, si- the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. This hymn is called the kenosis hymn. It means self-emptying, and it explains what Jesus did when he was on earth. He took on this form of humility and emptied himself completely. And I think it's easy for us to say, yes, we know Jesus did that. Jesus was fully human and fully God at the same time. But when you really take a moment to step back and think about that, this hymn reminds us that Jesus didn't take advantage of that power when he was on earth. Even though he was one with God, he didn't come to earth and demand that people bow down to him in order that their sins would be forgiven. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Jesus came and served those who had sinned against him. Jesus easily could have asked people to serve him and treat him like God because he was, but instead Jesus God made flesh, emptied himself to the point of death on a cross for all of humanity. Talk about sacrifice. N.T. Wright says this about the life and death of Jesus. As you look at the incarnate Son of God dying on the cross, the most powerful thought you should think is this. This is the true meaning of who God is. He is the God of self-giving love. Jesus did not just participate in service and missions. He lived a life of sacrificial love and served in every situation he found himself. He was and is God made flesh who came to dwell among us. But Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And we are called to follow after this example of servant leadership. Through this text, Paul is reminding the church in Philippi about their new reality as Christians. Let the same mind be in you that was in Jesus Christ. And we are called not to just admire the life of Jesus, not to just read about the life of Jesus or to know about the life of Jesus, but we are called to take on the mind of Jesus, the body of Jesus. We are called to practice a life of service and sacrifice and adopt these attitudes until they become second nature to us because it matters and people will notice if we really lean into this identity and seek to imitate christ and his mindset we will be stretched 
we will be changed. And it takes faith and trust in God during this because missions and service and sacrifice is rarely easy at the beginning. In our gospel reading from Luke this morning, Jesus says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Jesus has never tried to hide the fact that Christian service is hard work and requires loads of sacrifice and humility. It is hard work that we depend on God for. But as we imitate Christ, and as we take on that same mindset as, of Christ, we will slowly but surely begin to look more like Christ. Service and sacrifice will no longer feel burdensome or like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because it will be in our nature to serve others, and it is infectious, and you'll want to continue to do more. The sacrifice that God desires is a willingness for us to lower ourselves for the sake of others. Following the example of Jesus, we are called to serve others. Missions and sacrifice are not just set-apart times for service. They are a way of life that affects the conversations we have, every encounter we have, and the way we make decisions. In this way, we become more like Jesus. Perhaps all of this sacrifice and service talk is very overwhelming to you. I know we're all very busy people that have a ton of stuff going on. The important thing to remember is that this life of service and sacrifice is a process. And the good news is no one has to start from square one. In the Bible, it tells us that we are all made in the image of God and that we all have a piece of the divine within us. The seed has been planted, and now if we want to lean more into this identity, we have to tend to the seed, give it some attention, some water, some sunlight, and from us will come a life of service. We will want to be more like Jesus as we love other people. So you might notice these ping pong balls that are up here. If you weren't here two weeks ago, we did this demonstration and there are 98 ping pong balls in this space. The red ping pong balls represent the amount of time a typical person would spend at work or school per week. So there are 40 red ping pong balls. The orange ping pong balls represent all of the other hours during the week that you're awake, but not at work or school. So kind of your free time, if you will. And then there are four green ping pong balls, which represent the average Ashland Place person who spends about four hours here in worship or in Bible study or in Sunday school, choir. You know, there are lots of things that those four balls could represent, but on average, it's about four hours. So imagine if you took one of those orange balls this week and decided instead of using it for, I don't know, Netflix, maybe in my case, or just kind of hanging out after work. What if you took just one hour, just one of those orange balls, and used it to serve someone other than yourself and other than your family? You know, if you look at the stark contrast, it seems like you would still have a lot of extra time if you just took one of those orange balls. And as mentioned earlier, the Joseph Project is a great place that you could do that. And there are lots of people I see here that I know give so many hours, so
so many of the orange balls would be green if it represented their amount of time spent at the Joseph Project or other local missions. But let's say those hours don't work well for you. Maybe there are other things you'd like to be involved in, like our six year-round mission opportunities here in Mobile connected to the United Methodist Church. We have Open Doors, Dumas Wesley, Inner City Mission, McKimmy House, Waterfront Mission, Communities of Transformation, and through our Jubilee service, the Larsh Community. These are wonderful organizations that serve others with the love of Christ right here in our local community. And they depend on people like you to give of your time. And if you can't give of your time, then to give of your resources so they can continue serving people full time right here in Mobile. Some simple math tells me that if each one of us traded one of those orange balls for a green one, there would be 200 hours worth of service that we could do together as a church family. A life of sacrifice and service is certainly a, pro a process, but we can begin somewhere. And I encourage you to take one hour this week to go with your family, to go with someone you're sitting next to at church, just go and practice living into that identity of Christ. And I promise you that as you do so, you will feel a deep connection to the divine that's already within you, and you will be so rewarded by serving others. And it'll be contagious. And it matters that we live these lives of service and sacrifice because that's what Jesus did. My prayer for us is that whether, whether we're in Honduras, Tennessee, or right here in Mobile, that we will open our eyes to see the abundant opportunities we have to serve and love others as Jesus did, not regarding ourselves as more important, but emptying ourselves and realizing that in our obedience, God will be glorified. May it be so. Amen.